We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Knicks fans, how you doing? It's your boy Jonathan Macri uh, coming at you with another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, coming at you on a Monday, as usual, recording this a little earlier than we usually do um, on a, a Sunday. It is before 10 a.m. Um, and uh, I, I want to just thank my much younger colleague and co-host for for being here. Um, he's had a he's had a busy week. He's he's really he's been staying at the office late. Um, at his, at his, I don't, I don't know how much you want to say about what you've been doing lately, but a lot of, lot of number, number crunching, uh, has been going on in Jeremy Cohen's life. So Jeremy, one, thank you for, you know, ri- rising, rising up early here to, to record this episode and, uh, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good, John. I'm, I'm busy. As you mentioned, I'm tired. But I'm great. I'm here balancing the sheets. About the balance. Uh, yeah, you know, trying to trying to make the money stack, make it rain, do whatever we can, and uh, and that'll just be that. So, but I'm happy to be here to to talk Knicks, and yes. uh, no matter the hour, could do it at any time. Making it rain. It'd be that'd be that'd be funny if like a member of the KFS team was like, I gotta get out of here, but I don't I don't want to like quit and just started going out and spending a lot of like Knicks film school funds at at various uh, gentlemen's establishments. Yeah, I think that might be embezzlement. But you're the lawyer. Is is, <laughs> is that, that embezzlement? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <Might> be. <laughs> yeah. Either way, good times. By the um, way, we're broke now. I I spent all. Our money. It's it's a problem. I'm sorry. It's good. To, it's thank you for sharing that with the no problem. listeners. No problem. Um, so here we are. Uh, as as I said, we're recording this on Sunday morning. Uh, the Knicks played a preseason game last night, uh, uh, in which they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, for anybody listening who may have missed the post game on that, feel free to uh, check that out. But uh, not a whole lot of. Not a whole lot of news from that game, uh, or for that matter, uh, from the first game that they played against the uh, Boston Celtics, which we we have not spoken. We have, we haven't spoken. Last time we spoke was before both of those games. Yeah, um, you know, and we're we're here to do our annual preseason overreactions episode, 
which is an episode that is becoming increasingly difficult for me to do every year because I just stopped reacting to the preseason at some point. I don't know if I did it last year at all, but I'm definitely at the point now where it's like, okay, we're through two games. Jalen Brunson has played 20 minutes total out of out of a possible, uh, I guess, 96 minutes. So like that right there, I, I, not that I don't care about how the team is doing. Obviously, I do. And I think there are conclusions to be drawn. We could talk about some of those things today. But like, I don't know. Where where are you at at this point on like preseason and like things to take from preseason and probably more importantly, things not to take from preseason? In terms of things not to take from preseason, it's a lot. You know, I mean, I don't right, like it's the sort of thing where even in the beginning of the regular season, I yeah, it's I don't want to say I don't care, but you're feeling it out. Guys are getting back into the swing of things. Sample sizes are so small. So preseason is even smaller than that. And the competition is often inferior or you're playing a lot of the guys that won't see time yeah. and, and they're just trying to feel it out. So, yeah, I, I, I don't say I don't care about preseason because there's some things that will shine through, but it's not the sort of thing where I'm really going to make many judgment calls on it because it, it's it's preseason. It, it's meaningless in a lot of ways. Most ways. I, in most ways. Um, yeah, I think there. So there's things you could learn. And then there's things that I think people try to take things from that is are not worth taking things from. For, for me, I guess at, at this point, it's about. Parsing out what. I'm going to say what matters from what doesn't, but it's not really that it's almost like so like, for instance, we could we could kind of just get right into it. Evan Fournier has played a lot of minutes through two preseason games, right? Um, and I think they're at this point, because uh, last night, um, for anybody who may have missed the game, Evan Fournier was, there were only 10 men who played in the first half, and Evan Fournier was one of them. So it was a 10-man rotation, right? Evan Fournier got back in the game in the third quarter. Um, speaking of the first half, I should note that he was part of um, other than the starting lineup, which was the normal starting lineup, he was part of a lineup that Tibbs went for, went with for the longest amount of time. It was the the two all. I I know Jason Marshall hasn't made an All Star team yet, but the next two All Stars, um, Mitchell Robinson, Dante Vincenzo, and Fournier. He went with that lineup for a little over five minutes. They performed very well. I think they were a plus seven. Um, and he obviously played in the in the first game, so you could look at that, and you could say, well, is is Tom Thibodeau thinking of? You know, playing Evan Fournier in the rotation ahead of like Deuce McBride or Jericho Sims. I don't know. Is Tom Thibodeau or uh, doing something at the directive of the front office to showcase Evan Fournier for a possible trade? I don't know. Um, does Tom Thibodeau just feel bad for Evan Fournier? <laughs> it's like, hey, you're not going to play in the regular season, so I'm just going to give you some run now. Enjoy it while it lasts. I don't know, but it's like we're, we're seeing this thing, and there's no like it's not the regular season, the regular season is a little easier to draw conclusions from what you see. I don't think you, it's as easy during the preseason. And of course, in it, it inevitably leads to people just kind of like willy nilly throwing a bunch of shit against the wall. Yeah. You know, in terms of the idea that the Knicks are showcasing Evan Fournier, which I don't, I don't think to, to be clear, and I, I have a feeling you're about to explain why. Yeah. I mean, look, it's just, we, we can't say, we can't sit here and say the preseason is largely meaningless. And then, hey, look at Evan Fournier yeah. going off offensively, and uh, that's going to bring in, you know, some team's going to start calling now. I mean, it's not the case. It's not going to change the perception of who he is as a player. Ultimately, 
the way that it operates for the Knicks is if they want to move Evan Fournier, they're going to do it on their terms because of the fact that they need his salary in some capacity. So whether they want to stretch it or not to another year, whether it's guaranteed money or not, who knows? But it's not like, oh, yeah, let's now find a home for him for his sake. It's no, no, we'll find a home for him, but it has to be a deal that works on our end or else there is no deal. And we're fine because we have other talent. We clearly were able to win. We were at, what, a 52 win pace after December 4th. So it's not necessary. And uh, and that's just kind of, I'm glad he's seeing time now. But yeah, I wouldn't expect him to see a lot of time. I I don't know if I'd expect him to see any time, especially if there's an injury, because I can't help but wonder, is Juice McBride, as you just mentioned, going to be playing ahead of him like he did last season? So yeah, I, I it's nice that he's playing. I hope he enjoys it. I it's just the right deal has to be there for the Knicks. I'm I'm kind of in you know how I view this, and I don't know if this is gonna make any sense. Probably won't make any sense, but like because there was clearly a lot of tension between Fournier and and I don't want to say the team, but like there was tension surrounding Fournier this summer based on his comments that, that he made at the end of last season, and then you know, an interview he gave or a couple of maybe interviews he gave to two foreign outlets. <clears throat> over the summer and to me it's like um kind of like you know smoothing over those rough edges like okay everything's fine Fournier is on the court he's with the other guys he's playing for this coach that he said at one point that he didn't have a relationship with although he walked back that statement in the preseason um like it's fine does it mean he's gonna play no not necessarily but at least now the questions that may have existed about like, well, how could 48 possibly play again after how bad the relationship seemed. Now I think those questions go away, which brings me back to your point. I completely agree that if it's not obvious already, it should be the Knicks are only going to trade Evan Fournier on their terms. And it appears as if those terms are not going to surface until most trade terms surface, which is like February, right? So I think Evan Fournier is going to be here for a while. So if he's going to be here for a while, the odds are that at some point in time, the Knicks are going to have to rely on somebody outside of their regular rotation. And maybe it is Fournier, which, you know, maybe could lead into the larger discussion of, and this is, I guess, part you know, our the biggest overreaction to the preseason is like, who does get the 10th spot? Because right now, it seems like after the first preseason game where Jericho Sims played like 24 minutes at the four, played a little bit more at the four last night or a Saturday night against the Timberwolves. I feel like a lot of people are looking at that and being like, this is a thing that they clearly want to go to um, and will use regularly. And this is a terrible idea because Jericho Sims has no business playing the four. If you have other options and the Knicks do have other options, namely... Deuce Pride, who you mentioned, and possibly Evan Fournier. You know, if you want to throw Isaiah Roby in there too, you can. But like, I, I, I'm, I'll say how I'm looking at this, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. I, I said this on the post game. I think the Knicks have their backup power forward. I think his name is Josh Hart, and I think barring injury, Josh Hart is going to continue being their backup power forward for the foreseeable future. Give or take, if they play us, if they're in a particular matchup against a particular team, could I see Jericho Sims getting four or five minutes of run in like a first half? Sure. But like, I think it's going to be hard. And I think all of this talk and noise around, you know, all of the minutes that we've seen of heart of, um, of, uh, Sims playing the four is, is kind of much to do about nothing. But I'm curious if you have a different take. No, it's about the same. I mean, we saw what 
a heart, a, what, excuse me, a, um, a Simpson Hartenstein four or five looked like last year. And it wasn't that enjoyable in my opinion. <laughs> so it's it, not the pleasant, ple- most pleasant basketball watching experience. No, no, it was not. So but it wasn't yes, bad. I, notably, it was, it was, they didn't, it wasn't a disaster. Thing. It was not. It just wasn't as pleasant as I think, or as optimal as maybe others would have liked it to be myself included. Yeah. I, you know, it's a contract year for Deuce. It's also a contract year for Jericho Sims. I'm sure that each of them will see time in some manner. I just would probably expect a lot of the Sims minutes to come with, hey, you know, Mitchell Robinson's a little banged up. So you get Sims starting because Hartenstein still stays in that spot off the bench. I mean, Hartenstein playing 82 games is still last year, not something that we have appreciated quite as much as I think we should. Uh, he was so steady and reliable and really grew into it and it, it took him a little bit of time, but then he was there as for, yeah, I, I mean, these things usually have a way of just working their way out. If there's, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, who's going to get these minutes. So someone gets hurt and then someone else fills in or someone just plays poorly and another person takes their spot. It like every year this happens seemingly, right. It's been like at yep. least absolutely four or five years where we've done this every year. And even before that, when the team was terrible, Knicks fans would they were be bad like, oh, well, which bad player is going to play ahead of this bad player? And now we don't have to worry about that. Now it's like, which good player is going to see time and which good player is probably not going to see time. Well, but it, it just, it'll be, it'll be fine in the end. It will somehow work its way out. And if it doesn't, then the Knicks will try to find a solution. Like it didn't work when Cameron and Evan Fournier were playing and then they were pulled from the rotation and it was problematic, but the Knicks got better and they were a better team after that. As frustrating as the process might have been, the results, which ultimately matter the most, were better. And I think the same thing will happen this year as it did the year before and the year before that and the year before that and so on. So that's the thing that I think is different about this year than other years, which is probably why and I don't know why I haven't vocalized this until right now. Probably why I like I'm so dismissive of like the sim stuff and like you know if people are talking about like well, what about this like it is crystal clear black and white zero fuzzy lines who the nine guys on this team are there is absolutely no discrepancy about any of that and if people want to say like oh what about a tenth guy in the rotation again like Robert our beloved Robert Cross brought up like can Evan Forty Eight be the tenth guy in the rotation to start the season and I I kind of shot that notion down. And listen, stranger things have happened, but it's very clear who the nine are. And it's also very clear that like it there's not there really isn't enough minutes for a tenth guy. I mean, there there honestly there aren't enough minutes for the nine, but they Tibbs could fudge that, right? Um there certainly isn't enough minutes for more than that. So, like, as opposed to last year, where we were going into the season where they're like, well, wait a minute, they have they have one too many guys here. And sure enough, that kind of came to a head when we had that, thank God it was brief, period of time where Quentin Crimes was, was situational. Remember that was that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um and and then that, you know, eventually that that kind of all sorted itself out. As you said, they, these things have a way of sorting themselves out. I just don't think there's anything to sort out from like game one. You know, it's like it's gonna it's gonna take care of itself. I did want to talk to you about Deuce for a second. Um we haven't have we talked about the Peyton Pritchard contract or no? We did a little bit briefly. Yes. yes we talked about how it's continuous soup for the most part. And it was a really suit. great contract for the Celtics to have. And Pritchard probably could have gotten more money, but he locked it in. Yeah. So Pritchard, I think it's worth noting at the top. 
it, for as much as it's tempting to draw a comparison, and I, I'm bringing this up because one thing Deuce McBride did do last night, I don't I actually don't think he got into the game until the fourth quarter. Well, he took six shots in the fourth quarter. He made all six, including all four of his threes. So again, preseason overreaction. Deuce McBride could suddenly shoot. Well, I don't know. Pritchard is an offense first player where the question is, can he defend just well enough? Whereas Deuce McBride is a defense first player where the question is, can he provide just enough offense? I I don't want to make it an apples to apples comparison because I do think in the, the way the league is right now, having the Pritchard model where it's like he's a, a pr- not a top tier offensive player, but like there's no questions about Pritchard shooting like he could handle the ball a little bit like he's a good offensive player for backup. You know, I think that's probably a little bit more valuable than if if it's the other the inverse version of that just because it seems to be an offensive first league you may disagree with that but i that's kind of where i stand so like pritchard was on the fringes of the rotate of boston's rotation last year some things changed they felt they had seen enough and they gave him this contract i i do wonder what your thoughts are because you've mentioned deuce and the possibility of like a deuce extension maybe coming this summer it doesn't appear that we're going to get that. I mean, we, we might, there's, there's nine days left, but you're shaking your head. So like, could you see a, a Pritchard scenario playing out for Deuce, assuming let's say, I would call it like what Pritchard got last year. He got in about 40 something games. You know, he averaged whatever, 10, 11, 12 minutes a night, something like that. Dude, I, cause I could see that, but I, I, there's all, I also have reasons to doubt it. I think the reason I was shaking my head was, with Pritchard, there was a firm deadline of yeah. before the regular season started, they had to come to a decision or that's that because he was a former first round pick and Deuce McBride being a second round, former second round pick, the Knicks have the luxury of continuing to wait until necessary. I would have yeah. thought, yeah, this past August would be a good time. If you wanted to lock him in, you could, but they're kind of letting this play out. And I think that's fine because I think so too. why commit more money? You could let, you could, still figured out later is another team really going to overpay Deuce McBride to, to pull him away. Maybe they do, but it would be manageable enough where it's still within the, the range that you'd feel comfortable paying him regardless. So, you know, it's fine that they didn't, it's not like they needed to worry about cap space and that's why they didn't pay him. It's just, they're just waiting and seeing. And uh, that's totally okay. I think that you just, you know, that the difference is that, Pritchard, we know Pritchard's going to get a lot of time for the Celtics this year. If he goes out there and in like 25 minutes a night goes out and looks like the be- one of the best backup point guards in the NBA, there absolutely could have been some team next summer who'd be like, you know, we have cap space to blow. Here's, you know, $15 million a year. I'm not saying that some team would have done that, but like, it's not insane given the money that is flowing around and the, and the need at that position. I, I'm not sure I see any world where Deuce is going to go out this year and do something where it's going to make the Knicks be like, oh my God, boy, we we really blew it by not locking locking up this guy. But again, I hope to be wrong. Um, maybe he goes out and makes me eat my words. We'll, we'll see. But um, even if that does happen, they still have the ability to be like, hey, you're playing really well. Yeah. Let's talk about a contract. Let's see if we can extend you. Be, like, as long as they do it before June 30th or July 1st, true. and then when the new league year starts, that's when any team can go about and do it. But he's got his max. He's I'd be very surprised if he got a, you know, quote unquote max contract that the Knicks can offer, not a general NBA max. Yeah. But they have that power to to make a deal if they really want to. But again, it's fine that they're not. It's for both sides. I think it makes sense to wait. Yeah, no, I, I 
I totally agree with that. Um, okay, let's go through some more overreactions. Um, RJ Barrett. I think. Did I don't know if we ever, if you ever said it explicitly. I don't know if I ever said it explicitly. I mean, I know we talked about it offline. I don't know if we ever like shared a, a definitive opinion on the pod. If someone asked you, I don't know, like the day the Miami series ended, or the day after, whatever, is RJ Barrett on the opening night roster this year? What would you have said? Because I think I would have said no. I probably would have said no. Okay. And in fairness, I. I don't think it's from a lack of trying, yeah. candidly, because I mean, look, we, we know the Knicks were targeting other players. We know positionally who would have needed to go out salary wise, who would have needed to go out, all of those things. It, it makes sense that he would have been included in those offers, but it didn't come to fruition. And he's still here. He's still here. Um, so with that, with that backdrop, and I, I think it's an important backdrop because it speaks to how. I don't know. I, 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 in my views, there was at least an uncertain future for him here. It's two games, but it's been a nice two games for RJ. He, he, and I think it's maybe a little bit more notable because he's coming off of the FIBA experience, which like, you know, I guess as with everything with RJ, it's like, you, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I think there were some people who took the FIBA, his FIBA play as like, he was awesome and like there's a step up, like pretend, you know, incredible things for him this year. And other people who were like, yeah, that's RJ. You know, he's had some good moments, some bad moments, inconsistent largely. Um, he did the things well that he usually does well. He did the things poorly that he sometimes does poorly. So I, I'm probably in between those two camps, but I definitely think he's played well so far. And again, like this is a much bigger deal to the Knicks than than Deuce or Sims or any any like 10th man spot. I just, I do wonder if he goes out there and like, I don't want to say puts it all together because I don't even know what that looks like for RJ, which maybe we could talk about that. But if he goes out there and he just has like definitively the best year of his career, whatever you think, and we can talk about even what that means. I I wonder how what, how much would that change the calculation for the next? Because again, he's looked good. Like it's undeniable he's looked good through two games. It is. You can absolutely see in terms of the driving and the finishing and the getting to the free throw line and converting at the line. I think in order to really hit that point, it's got to be the three point shooting, which is again, through two, only two and preseason games at that. Uh, not what was he? What was it? He was two, two of eight, eight last three? night. Yeah. And one of five in the first. Something like yeah. that. Okay. And that's really, to me, what changes the trajectory, having him be, it's great to have that level of creation at the wing, not saying it isn't important. It is. It's a question of how important is it to the Knicks, their offensive philosophy? Are they predicated on having someone like RJ slash and not be the off ball player? Because again, we we can keep talking about how many Knicks are successful catch and shoot players, how they spot up really well. And if RJ is not in that conversation, it makes life harder for the Knicks, not because he doesn't offer something else that's positive. He certainly does, but they need him to kind of fall in line in the same way that everyone else has started to fall in line. And when you see a trend of they're adding players who are exactly like this, and they're not adding as many players who have the same archetype as RJ, then you would hope that RJ can still adapt his game, especially considering how young he is and how he's going to continue to grow, that he can be similar in terms of that way. And that's what will really dictate it. All the other stuff, important, very important. I don't want to 
minimize it. It's just, well, to me, the Knicks are going to be so focused on corner threes and getting open looks and having reliable players. And they kept going one by one. And I don't want to say executing because that's pretty, uh, pretty uh, strong of a word, but they took each player who wasn't really hitting shots out of the rotation kind of one by one. And they got to a point where they felt, listen, we, we can't play Obi a ton of minutes because he can't spot up and we can still play RJ, but we're going to put someone else ahead of him because even if Josh Hart's not going to hit those threes and he did though, as one last night, he was red hot at the last season, the moment he was on the Knicks. Yeah. If you don't have someone who can do that, or rather, if you have someone who cannot do that, that's where they're going to be less dynamic because they're not going to be as, uh, as top of mind as an option. So that's what changes all of it for him. Just opening up that spotting up threes, which he did a good job of with, with Canada, at least a better job where he wasn't the offensive focal point and he was able to make some shots, especially against the U S I mean, he had a huge shot that essentially clinched the game. The, the, the three. To, yeah. Yep. In, in overtime, that was, that was a massive shot. Um, I, is him having a good catch and shoot percentage on decent volume? Is that the single most important thing he could do this year for the exact reason you just talked about? I think it, I think it might be. I think it might if he, be. If he can't defend his ass off, it is that. Well, I, that's the other one, right? It's like, I guess with the defense, I don't even know how to talk about RJ in defense anymore because like, I watch him and I... He's never blown me away in terms of his defense. I, I, and people will listen to this and be like, well, that, obviously that's why, just because you hate RJ Barrett. I notice his poor defense probably more than I notice, like, I see poor defensive plays from him more than I see, like, oh, that's a really good defensive sequence or, or, or like rotation or whatever from RJ. I may just be missing the good. I, I don't know, but I, the defense is important. I also think like he can, I have more confidence in his ability to ratchet that up. If, and when he needs to like in the playoffs last year, I thought he defended pretty well, which like he wouldn't be the first player. Um, and certainly won't be the last to, to lock in a little bit more on defense. Once, once they get to the playoffs. So like, the three point shooting though, that's, you can't fake that. You can't, that's not a switch that you, you could turn on and off. So I, I think for me, it's that for the exact reasons that you talked about. He also strikes me as the player where when the offense is really going, he's more engaged defensively. And that was his, I mean, his best offensive season was that second year. It's also his best defensive season. season. So if you can get the three point shooting, just spotting up, not even the pulling up, because we know the pull up game has not, I mean, it's it's been bad. If you so far down the road, right. If he can focus far more on just being ready and waiting in position and hitting on those shots, it's going to open up so much on the offensive end. He's going to feel good. Team's going to feel good. He's going to lock in more defensively and go from there. So yeah, it's to me, it's the open ability, the the the, the shooting from three of catch and shoot. That's it's so important. Something else I just thought of, and this is not something that's been discussed in the season, but I wonder if it's going to be a topic that comes up throughout the year, and it's related to like, oh, what if RJ has a really good season? Again, and whatever, any in either way, in in more of the ways where he's on the ball, or more of the way stuff he could do that makes him more of a threat off the ball. So, Julius Randle 
is after the after this season has one more guaranteed year on a contract, and then for the twenty. Hold on, where do we? What is this? Twenty three, twenty four season, right? Correct. <laughs> so for for the twenty five, twenty six season, he has a, a player option. So this year, next year, fully guaranteed, no options in the following years, a player option. Um, obviously, he as well as Jalen Brunson can sign an extension next summer. I wonder, and as we don't need to get into it right now, although we'll probably have to get into it in a minute, because I do want to ask you about the cat stuff that came up this week. Um, we, we don't have to get into like who's in what trade packages prospectively for this player or that player, but like, I don't know. I wonder if that's also something that is going to be kind of hanging out over like a little, little cloud off to the side over this season. Like, huh, if RJ's starts doing some, some of the stuff better, does that impact I mean, both sides, really, right? Julius's angle and, and the Knicks angle. And like, yes, I do think the agency switch is something that is also, again, hanging out in the background over all of this. I don't know. I wonder if that's going to be a story or if I'm getting way ahead of myself. I think you might be getting ahead of yourself, but I, I probably get it. <laughs> first time. <Yeah. laughs> well, if you if you can kind of jump to the potential fears, you can face them early. There you go. Ready, which I understand, but I don't. To me, it, it doesn't feel like much of an issue. Julius Randle is going to be here all year. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns isn't going to be traded this season. No. Uh, teams typically don't flip players unless they ha- like stars unless they have to, especially in a, in a league where parity is so strong right now, where anyone could really break through. I, you know, in terms of the contract part, it's going to be fascinating next year if yep. Julius Randle decides on a contract extension or not. And I think the beauty of this is it'll probably be resolved on the earlier side, where even though the Knicks can't agree to a contract extension with Julius Randle until August of 2024, if that's the road they want to go down, they'll know by that point, would you be comfortable signing this deal? And if Randle says, no, I don't want to sign a max contract. It means he wants to hit unrestricted free agency with the chance to get a 35% max from another team. Do I think another team's going to offer them him that? I do not, but, but who knows if he's coming off of three out of four seasons where he's an all NBA player and things look better in the postseason. And uh, watching that film has really improved things in terms of being double teamed. Then maybe he does. But the best thing, in my opinion, for all sides is to still do if you want to bring him back. If you're the Knicks, get that contract extension because him walking does nothing for you. He doesn't open up cap space. It doesn't help you. If you're looking for someone to like salary to use to help you get a better player in a trade, you're going to need to keep holding on to a player like Julius if you're not moving anyone else, especially Uh, or, or if you are moving other players, too. So. To me, it's it's not really the largest issue. I, I do think it's if he had stayed with CAA, I would have thought, yeah, he'll just sign that max extension. Seems pretty obvious to me. And now it's will he? Because if he's not, that does complicate some things, and it's going to be fascinating how that would come about. But it, he'll still make good money no matter what he does. It, that's not the problem. He'll be he'll be set. He already we, has been set. Yeah, we haven't faced a scenario yet. I'm just making sure before I say this. No, we haven't faced a scenario in the Leon Rose era where they've offered a contract extension to somebody and that player has turned it down. So we don't, we could take guesses as to how they would react if they offer him a lot of money. And he's like, no, thank you. I would like to. And for anybody wondering about what the 35% max that Jeremy just mentioned, that is a number that starts with a five. That is the, that is a dollar figure that will, that will have a five as the first number and it will 
I think the by the end it, it will be a dollar figure that starts with a six. <laughs> um, yeah, which that's where that's where we're going, folks. In case anybody's confused. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't know. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about cat because it was in the news, and then I want to hit on the the um, tips really quick. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, so, per Steph Bondi, um, had a cat article I got on Friday. Uh, well, not this isn't per him specifically because it was a, a I guess a pool quote, but like Cat basically said nice things about tips. Said that that they're they're fine now. They they buried whatever beef they had a long time ago. He thinks he's a great X's and O's coach. Um, and then I think someone may have asked him like about the prospect of playing in New York or playing for Tibbs again or this or that. And he kind of like he he. Didn't answer the question. He like brushed it off, but didn't. I I I forget what exactly his words were, but I found the way he brushed it off. Like it, it was more of something like, "Ah, we're not at that point where I should be talking about that yet," or something like. It was weird. In any case, and then the Bondi part uh, that he included in his article was that, according to sources, um, Tibbs would would absolutely welcome coaching Carl Anthony Towns again. Which to me, that was, I found that notable and also not altogether surprising. Um, because that is that is reflective of, in my opinion, the fact that as an organization, and Tibbs is very much part of the brain trust for for the Knicks, like they are not trying to close off any doors at this point because the future uh, in the NBA certainly is uncertain. So I just like I talked about the cat stuff last night. I just want to get your take on it at this point where. Again, a, a full season has to go by before we we really need to get into any of this. But like, where, where are you at on it? First off, again, I, I don't want to doubt that the Knicks have some modicum of interest in Cat because I'm sure that for the right price, of course, they would say yes. Let's let's figure out a way to make this work. 
I will say, if you wanted to go into a preseason game with the desire to write about Carl Anthony Towns coming to the Knicks, yeah. there's enough that you could play with to write a coherent article that backs up exactly what your intention was to begin with. Sure. It's to me, it felt like that sort of thing of, you know, when you run into someone that you haven't seen in a while and like, <laughs> you're cool, but you're not that close. And you just, you don't really want to hang out with that person, but you, you do say like, let's, let's grab a drink sometime. Let's get find together. time to hang. Gotta get the kids together. Right. And you never do because it's just not a priority. And you're on good you terms, but you, we both know in this situation, it's like, it's just not going to happen. But, but it's nice that we are of the mindset that we offer to the other person that this is going to be a possible thing. That's what this feels like to me, where neither of them really probably wants to be paired with the other again, but they're on good enough terms where it's, they're not beefing. They're fine. They just, they want more out of coaching or a player than they'll get from a, a marriage of the two again. So uh, it's nice that they're, doing well together and that, that they squashed this beef years ago. I just don't really think that either is jumping at the opportunity. And I think if cat were to do it, it would basically be in the mindset of like, well, Tibbs probably isn't going to be here forever. And I would outlast <laughs> him. So it's fine, but I don't really want to be there. And Tibbs thinking, look, I already have someone who's a defensive liability and Jalen Brunson, who's great on the yeah. offensive side. I need someone to mask that. And I need rim protection. I need rim protection. And if it's not going to be Carl Anthony Towns, and we know it won't be, then that basically confines him to the four, to the four. playing five in, you know, certain, I don't want to say small ball minutes, but like you can do for that what you couldn't do for, uh, well, actually you can't, you can't, it's not like you could say, oh, Obi couldn't be uh, paired with Randall. And then well, be like, well, Towns and Randall is totally fine. Because the defensive end, you still struggle with that. No, I, I've, I've, I flip flopped. First of all, I'm as you were saying, using that analogy, I, I'm just picturing the dozens of people listening to this right now, like that motherfucker Jeremy Cohen. <laughs> I will never trust him again for as long as I live. Um, I mean, you really the, the Q rating over the course of the episode is just go, going into the yeah. ground. Um, you're, you're next to me now, uh, so I, I flip flopped on the Towns thing because I think it last year. And apologies in advance for anybody who like w was yelling at me about the like this, and I was like, no, no, there's no way, because I was like, I, I, I don't think they're trading Randall in a town straight. I think they would bring Towns to play next to Randall, and they would try to figure out the other positions. And I think I flip flopped on that. Um, and yes, I, I'll just be honest, I, because I, I treat this, I, I treated this, or I have been treating this as more news than I think a lot of other people. I do think the agency switched matters for for randall like i am if i was like if there was five percent of me that thought there was a possibility that randall would not be on this team a year from now now it's like i don't know 25 percent, 30 percent, 40 percent. it's it's a much higher number now than it was maybe the, again maybe that's silly of me to think that um i bet you tims would be like i could make it work with towns and brunson as long as i have the pieces that i need around them. I, I bet you the coaches always do that. They're, they're like, uh, even, even if they, even if it couldn't work at first and for what it's worth, that team, when they had their guys and they were healthy, that Minnesota team, like it was, it was good. You know, he made it work for a year until it all went to shit. So let's, I don't know. Let's play the game though. All right. Yeah. You let's play. The, I like this. You have Jalen Brunson. 
You have to. Who are the pieces in between that help you make it work? That give you a competent enough defense where you're justifying such a move. I think. So the thing that I'm because I think if they if we really want to do this, I think the the most obvious piece to go to Minnesota if they ever did engage in some sort of a trade involving Carl Anthony Towns would be Emmanuel Quickly. I think Emmanuel mm-hmm. they need a point guard of the future. Emmanuel Quickly, perfect like textbook fit next to um, Anthony Edwards. Like, but write that one down in pen. If 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 it ever got to that point, and then from there it's like, all right, well, who else is it and uh, McDaniel's is a is a centerpiece for them. Now you could have you could say McDaniel's could play the four. Um, so maybe RJ's the other guy, but like I don't know. I kind of see it like to me a quickly Randall package would. If I'm Minnesota, I think I want quickly and Randall before I want quickly and RJ. Is that crazy? It might be crazy. I don't know. I I don't think so in the sense of they don't. <sighs> They're kind of built like the Knicks in a lot of ways. They are like, so like I think if we're talking about, hey, the Knicks want more out of RJ from the spot up perspective, the Wolves and every team would say that, but the Wolves would be more on the no, we really don't want that because it, we have a slasher in Anthony Edwards. There, we don't necessarily yeah. need someone who's as high usage in that sense. I mean, yes, you're moving Cat out, you, you're taking high usage for high usage, but. Cat and you don't need to change your you offense. That, right. Exactly. That much it's, it's, with Randall for Cat. It's the same. Yeah. Less so than you would if it yeah. were RJ. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's say. So RJ let's stays. Is, yes. So I, in this scenario, again, we're, this is crazy talk for anybody. No, no, but we're already there. talking about Cat and, and you're mentioning the making it work. So I think, I think it's, I think we do need to iron this out. Yeah. Okay. So, so Brunson's here. Cat's here. Mitch is here. So Mitch is ostensibly the five, even though I'm sure there would be alignments where, where Cat would play in that spot as well. But like, let's just say that's the, that's three or four starters. RJ's still here. So he's another starter. I think you're, you are then, well, that, so then this is where it gets interesting because I don't know that they would have enough assets to get a town's, and the name we always go to, which is OG Ananobi. There's also obviously massive complications there because OG Ananobi is entering or can enter, can enter as a player option, uh, can enter on a restricted free agency. So like you're talking about a sign and trade with an organization that you are uh, currently suing. See how that goes. But like, you know, he would, but that's, that's kind of, that's kind of clunky, right? They got RJ at the two, OG at the three. I don't know if I love that. So then, okay, well, do you, are you, do you keep crimes and you start crimes or you just, you know, it's like, so I guess I see where you're coming from here. It's, it's tricky. Cause if our, you know, you, you really, you would love another big wing defender, but if you're keeping RJ in this scenario, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make sense. I don't know. Cause of the starting five you just mentioned, I would say three out of five of those players are defensive liabilities. Yes. Well, again, RJ, I hate calling RJ a defensive liability. But in the sense of he, I mean, he, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a Shannon Obi on defense or, or, right. or, or, or Jay McDaniels or someone like that. He's, he does not complement that team in the no. way that the Knicks would need him to do that. So you'd, you'd have, you know, and I'm sure people are thinking, what about a sign and trade with OJ and Obi or it, RJ Bear? Like that's really well, tough that's, to do. That's but, something. but it, but the Knicks would be hard capped because Towns' contract is so large. Yeah. 
and they'd be taking more money in most likely. So are they going to hit that ceiling? Is that a problem? How does this impact their depth? If they traded quickly, who are they using to replace him? If they bring over Rokas, he's not the defensive replacement that the Knicks would probably need to help solidify that. You do have Deuce taking another step, but he's not necessarily used as a point guard. You got DiVincenzo there. That's great. You got Hart. That's great. But you still... You're lacking something. You're lacking an emphasis on the defensive end. And you're putting a lot of pressure on Grimes at the point of attack, but not many other players who are capable of being that dude on the defensive end. It just feels clunky to me. I get the understanding. It, it just, to me, Cat is just not a desirable. I, 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 talented, very talented for this team. I think he sticks out. No, it's a, it's a different version of the Julius Randle question slash problem where it's like, well, if he's your second best player, how far are you really going? And, you know, because, you know, I love Jalen Brunson, but he's not as good as Anthony Edwards. So it's like, if they can't make it work with Anthony Edwards in Minnesota, like what, what makes you think they're going to make it work here? And, you know, it, uh, yeah, it's, well, we'll see. We have a long way, a uh, long season to go before we uh, have to go down that road. Who knows? Maybe we don't have to go down that road at all. Uh, last thing, just real quick, Tibbs, because his name was in the news this week. Uh, again, I think that was uh, from Bondi talking about um, extending him possibly. This is a, I th- the last year. Is this the last year of his contract or this is because the reporting has been a little fuzzy, right? He, he, it was a five-year contract when he signed. It was a five-year contract, but I think like it was also reported by Ian Bagley. It's either last season or the year before that there was at least some team optionality on the mm-hmm. on the contract so you would figure maybe the last year isn't guaranteed i guess the point is like you know it, unless you want to well you know unless, unless you want him to go into his walk year no not, not walk year right because if he has two years left whatever you can extend him now now is now would typically be the time that you would see a team maybe not typically but it's a time you could see a team extending a coach who has done what tips has done through three years the whole thing i to me, and I obviously I love Tom Thibodeau, but I don't know that this needs to be a story. Like we know if Tibbs does a good job, he's not going anywhere. I think he knows if he does a good job, he's not going anywhere. Um, I don't think Tibbs is staying up at night, you know, thinking about his his next contract or whether like he he you know we know where his m what his mo is, and I, I don't think he's worried about this. Do you? No, I mean I he's got the trust in the front office. He knows he just coached a team to the last three years to the playoffs. They've made it to the furthest point than they have since 20, 23 years, 22, I mean, 24 years. It's been a while. A long time. So, Too long. Yeah. So he knows that he's comfortable. I think the, I'm very much taken aback by a lot of the extension talk because it just feels like it's filling up a, a quiet period where people yeah. are excited about basketball and they're just talking about storylines. Let's say the Knicks extend Tom Thibodeau. I don't really care because if your worry is, hey, the Knicks should be waiting here and now they've locked into this guy and they're never going to get rid of him. The Knicks have fired coaches and James Dolan has had no problem paying their salaries for them to go away. Yeah. And if you love Tom Thibodeau and you think it's deserved, then that's fine. I I don't like to me, there's so many exit strategies here where you could just Fire him if you really needed to. And he gets paid and it's not our money. So it doesn't really matter. It's it's the representation of, okay, this means Tibbs is here longer. And if you don't like Tibbs, then it's great. We have to deal with more time with him being here. But yeah. the reality is there were probably 
dealing with that anyway. So pay him, don't pay him, whatever. I think it's fine to wait till the summer. Right now, it's just like it, it to me, it feels like the biggest story should be Emmanuel quickly. Is he going to get paid before the deadline or not? Everything else is kind of second, at least. Let's let's end with that. We are actually as of now now we may not be recording next weekend. Um but <laughs> we're we're let's say one one week from today, uh Sunday morning, uh, October twenty second, uh about thirty two hours before the deadline. Deadline's five five PM on the twenty third. Um you think the extension is done by this time next week? I do. Not going off of anything, just gut feeling. Yeah. I think so too. I think I think they get it done. I've never really, I've never had significant doubt that they I, that they've that they'll get it done. If it's not done by this time next week, I would start to have some doubt as to whether they get it done before the the deadline. But listen, ex- extensions in the past have gotten done on the last day. It, it does. As Fred said, these teams just they like to wait. They, you know, <laughs> why do it now? We could do it later. Yeah. Uh, do, do tomorrow, do tomorrow kind of yeah. mindset. So well said. Uh, it, it won't, it, the only time I will be worried is if it's past the deadline and the Knicks haven't signed Emmanuel quickly because it just gums up the works in so many ways and I, opens, it makes the possibility of a trade in season that much more realistic, but hopefully we don't have to come to that because the Knicks have extended him and he's here for the foreseeable I, future. Yeah, I. Well, I don't. Want, I will talk about it if if the time comes. Um. All right. This is good. Uh. I don't. I don't know if we talked about preseason overreactions, but I think we 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 underreacted. How about that to the preseason? Uh, anything from you before we get out of here? Uh. No. We'll have more information on the watch party. Yes. Soon. And November third. Yes. November third. And uh, other than that, we're uh, we're good. <laughs> Yes, we are. We are good. I'm going to go watch my daughter play soccer. Uh, you should go uh, get some more sleep or have coffee or, or both. I don't know. I'm up. And, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, like Jeremy said, more info on the watch party coming. Uh, post games coming up this week. We have our first back to back. All the sense in the world have a back to back in the preseason. Uh, but we'll have post games coming um, after both of those. Uh, guests coming up this week. We got the uh, Locked On crossover coming. All fun stuff, all leading up to the start of the season in a little bit more than a week. Uh, Until then, uh, be well, take care, and we will talk to you soon. Peace out.